fakes the handoff. He drives the lane. He takes it to the house. Bouncing off defenders. He just laid it in. He just put it up and in. 56 seconds to play. Oh, by the way. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Game 7 is over. It's an instant classic. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A three for the game. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. You've got to pinch me. The doctor is now in. Hour number two on this Monday. I want to thank B.J. Armstrong for joining us, former Chicago Bull. Talk a little NBA. We'll be hitting a lot more NBA this week with the big seven-footer and Tracy Murray. And as we get ready for the play-in tournament, still not a fan of this. Play-in? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. Hey, Golden. by the way, made it out to the ballpark uh, this weekend. You did? Friday night, yeah, right? Friday night. Great time once again. It was great uh, getting back out there, seeing Jim Gemma and the crew up there. And, uh, yeah, n- nice seeing baseball again at Las Vegas Ballpark. All right. So I know that the uh, River Cats defeated the Aviators in the first two games on Thursday and Friday, and then the Aviators uh, paid it back on, on Saturday, yeah, Sunday. came back with a couple of right. from-behind victories. So I was going to ask you, because you were at the game on Friday night, and I saw the stories where – the fans had some problems with their with their seats. They had like skin rashes and that kind of stuff. And I know the aviators, they worked kind of around the clock to like you know to find out what the the problem was. Were you aware of any of that when you were there? That I night? was not aware of it till you just said it now. So okay, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty big story uh, over the weekend, and they were working to uh, you know some uh, some people uh, actually more than 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 one or two. It was. I don't want to say many, but several people, I guess, uh, when they went home, they had some uh, some problems with the skin. So the avi- the aviators were saying that they don't believe that it was in the chemicals of uh, of, of wiping them down because they've been doing all that sort of thing. But they couldn't uh, pinpoint it, and they said that <laughs> they were going to uh, look more into this and find out. And a lot of fans were saying, hey, we don't really want to have to come to the ballpark if we've got to wear you know jeans and long sleeve shirts and, and right. pants. Because uh, you know it's heating up right now, but um, yeah, yeah. That would, uh, so hopefully they they rectify that. And I know I've sat in those seats before, and they are a little bit different because they they're they're kind of cushiony, but they're thin. They're kind of like wiry yeah, it's and like fiberglass. A, it's almost like you're sitting on a mesh type thing, right? Or something. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's made so. out of fiberglass. So yeah. um, I know that the aviator said, "Hey, we didn't know that we were going to have any issues, but we're looking into it." Yeah. So how how, how was the food? Did you dive into it? I did not eat there. I I told you I eat before I go to the ballpark. I know. I've just always done that. You got to dive into have something. You could have went up to the the press box and had Jim Gemma give you you know a hot dog. When I went to the press box, all that was left was a couple cookies, and I (laughs) all I did was I grabbed the water on the way out. Okay, so at least the water was good, right? It was it was it was cold and it was wet. So you you passed up the cookie. Yeah, didn't yeah didn't didn't go for one. Yeah, okay. No, I really just went up there to see Jim and say hi to a couple of people and that, and then mm-hmm. I walked around because I had a couple of friends that went to the game mm-hmm. that night. So, so how'd the ballpark look as far as looked great? Y- and you know, we talked about um, you know with Don Logan last week about the vendors that were going to be there. Did all the food options look the same? It, it looked pretty much the same. Like I say, I don't check it out as much as a lot of people mm-hmm. do. It, it, I mean, all the stands were open in that. The one thing I did notice that some people didn't like, but I assumed it was going to be that way, was you know you don't you can't just go up and refill your sodas all the time like you used okay. to because just like you can't at uh, mm-hmm. 
convenience stores or any place else out there right now because of uh, the COVID issues and everything else out there. So, so yeah, I mean, you, you can get a soda or a beer or whatever, but you're not going to be able to just mm-hmm. go up and get the refills because that's just not the world we're living in at this moment. So, just so you know, and I didn't even think about this until you said it, but I guess it'd be breaking news because... As you know, you know, Freddy's has, has reopened. Yes. And I was able to fill up my soda there. So they, they do let you do it uh, there. Okay. So that's, that's good to know. And I didn't even think twice about it because I just did it naturally, and other people were doing it when I went in on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we are back to normal with yeah. that. And maybe that'll be that way again at Cashman. Uh, Cashman. Yeah. Look at me. The new right. Las Vegas ballpark. Yeah. Maybe it'll be that way soon. But it wasn't on Friday. Right. And that's very unusual anyway. I mean, very few ballparks oh, have sure. that amenity. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, I know that. Um, I think there's one other ballpark that I, I think it was Washington, yeah. The, the Nats Park, they had that option that where you could do that. And those are the only two parks I've ever been in, you know, at Las Vegas Ballpark and Nats Park. Yeah, I've never seen it before yeah. because they want to keep on selling you more sodas. Of course. They yeah. don't want to, okay, yeah, this one's a little bit overpriced, but if you refill it a few times, it's not. Mm. Las Vegas ballpark, Coca-Cola, or Pepsi? No, it's Pepsi. Yeah, that's what I thought. See? And, yeah, so that's why you wouldn't go refill it anyway. The reason I had a water. <laughs> uh, Pepsi's so good, though. Uh, Coca-Cola, you should be very happy. Saw this story over the weekend. Of course, I thought of, of you. That uh, Coca-Cola is the highest grossing beverage in the world and has been for quite some time uh, just destroying Pepsi and everybody else. As so, it should be. As it, <laughs> just, just as, as it should be. You know, they're, like, they're, they're number one. It's like no breaking news to Frank. They're, they're number one and everybody else tastes like number two. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, like you work for Coca-Cola. But yeah, they... they I, when, I, when I first... Billions. I, and I know we have a guest waiting on the phone yeah. here, but as I think I told you before, that when I first moved out here in 1988, when I was a cook, I was still a cook, I turned down two jobs because the casinos that I applied at had Pepsi and not Coke. Oh, I had $300 in my pocket yeah. when I moved out here. Didn't yeah. I was living in a weekly place, and I literally turned down work because they were Pepsi houses. You, are you crazy? I, most is, people thought I was crazy. Yes, I think you are. But you dedicated to your... Uh to your beverage, my friend. But I I've found ne- a job that in, in, in a place that served Coke, and I did just this fine. This guy that walks around with bottles of Coke. That's it. Have you ever thought, thought of, of applying to Coca-Cola? You'd be the perfect candidate. I've always been afraid of doing that because it would be like the alcoholic that's a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So you have thought about it, though? I've thought about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've thought oh, about no. it. When I've driven by, like, Coke warehouses and that, yeah. I'm like, hmm. We'll give you a well, lever of recommendation. Then. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, that's definitely. You know. Although no, when I worked listen. in a, when I was a cook and then I worked in a restaurant, I mean, I, I didn't pig out on food. No. I just ate the good no, stuff. But let's just squash <laughs> this right now. I mean, as much Coke as you drink right now, you couldn't increase. So if you went to work for the company, you, you wouldn't be drinking anymore because that can't be. You already do. Oh, trust me. I used to drink a lot more than I do now. <laughs> I only drink about a six pack a day. These a days. six pack a day. I used to drink a case a day. Right. <laughs> okay. When, when, the, when the Coke came in the 16-ounce bottles, I had four bottles of Coke for breakfast before I went to school. This is a true story. Before I went crazy? to school. And this... then would get a 72-ounce big gulp yeah. on my way to class. That's you how I started almost every day mm. for like five or six years. How about the old 7-Elevens with the Coca-Cola uh, 
Slushy, the uh, Slurpee. I was never a big fan the of cola the Slurpee. Slurpee. I wasn't a big fan of it. But it was actually cola. Yeah, I know, but I know. I, I prefer just regular Coke. Okay. And I usually put very little ice in it because I don't like Coke, my, yeah. my Coke water done. I understand. I don't like go. people cutting my Coke. I understand that. <laughs> what's, what's every last <laughs> sweet drop? All right. Let's talk a little horse racing. Our good friend Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. Of course, horse owner himself. Uh, the story broke over the weekend. Medina Spirits victory in the Derby in jeopardy. A failed post-race drug test. Bob Baffert suspended. Uh, more bad news on the way for for this sport that has just had to deal with all kinds of bad news. And uh, Marco, uh, how you doing, my friend? Well, definitely was a different Sunday to wake up. I had all kinds of text when I woke up Sunday morning and checking out Twitter in time to catch the live uh, press conference from Bob Baffert. And, yeah, it's a black eye for the sport. There's no question about it. And listening to Bob uh, deny, 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 uh, you know, I, I can tell you that when I watched the press conference, and as adamantly as he was saying and going out of his way to say this horse did not get methazone, it just hit me as, no, I don't think the horse did, but I think the horse got a different drug, and that's why you're so adamant. And oftentimes uh, drug tests can, uh, you know, they bring back something that's cloudy, and there are different drugs that are very similar in molecular uh, makeup, and there's one drug that is very, very close to betamethasone, and that is dexamethasone, and they have a lot of the same attributes of what they uh, affect on a horse or even human beings being used, and the two big things that would help a horse on both of those drugs are they are used uh, as an anti-inflammatory in rheumatoid arthritis, which, obviously, if you've got aches and pains in the joints and so forth, if you take that pain away, you're going to feel better and race better. The other advantage that those drugs have is with breathing. Uh, they are used for asthma, allergies. It helps uh, dilate the, uh, the lungs, uh, increasing air capacity. And we know that, obviously, if you can breathe better, you can run better. So those are the things that are happening with Bob Baffert, and he's uh, challenged it. He wants a you know a second uh, sample split, and uh, that creates a problem for Pimlico. What do they do with Medina Spirit? Do they allow the horse to race, or do they take the chance uh, of not letting the horse race? And he's cleared on the second sample, which would not be back in time, uh, and risk then being sued by the owners because they didn't let the horse race. So Baffert denied all wrongdoing and promised to be fully transparent with the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission during the investigation. Uh, the barn received word Saturday that Medina Spirit had tested positive for an excessive uh, amount of that steroid, which is sometimes used to treat pain and inflammation in horses, like you said, Marco. But here's the comment that I really liked. Here's the quote from Bob Baffert. He claims that a, that a man taking cough medicine peed on the hay in Medina Spirit's stall, and the horse ate the hay, causing a positive test. Uh, <laughs> I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, I would get uh, you know, bleeped out, but yeah, we're, I'm calling BS there. Um, 
Bob, you got to come up with better better stuff. That's the equivalent of a kid saying, uh, "My dog ate my homework." Come on, uh, you can't you can't uh, get that much of uh, from a sample that way. One because as it's coming out of uh, that gentleman uh, that had the urge to go in the stall. Um, it's also being filtered through, you know, his own system. It's being filtered through his liver and kidney on the way out, and then for it to get into the hay and then to be eaten. Um, you know, I was a little sarcastic today, but I tweeted a response to that statement saying, you know, if they ever tested one of my horses after a race, if I, you know, took a leak in the stall, the horse would uh, test positive for performance in handing uh, enhancing chicken wing sauce. There you go. I mean, Marco, I mean, you're a guy uh, that uh, hanging out in the barns and all this stuff. I mean, guys are they're back there just whipping it out and peeing on the hay? What's going on there? Uh, you know, the well, barns are Churchill speaking, Downs. I can't be buying this, Bob Baffert. Well, I can tell you somebody that, you know, has you know, had a few encounters in the, the back of a stall. Um, you know, the bathrooms are not right in the barns. you got to go somewhere to them. And, you know, wow. you're in a barn, you're there with the horse, and, you know, he doesn't mind. Yeah, that, that is a common occurrence for, for uh, uh, you know, what he did. Uh, you will make the walk if you have to do the other, that's for sure. Well, this guy was a groomer, <laughs> it sounds like, we're hearing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's and great. it. Uh, you know, they take care of the horse, and they're in there, and you know, you're you're working. You don't want to, you know, stop and walk to the the restroom that might be a few minutes away from the barn. And yeah, that does happen, but it's not going to. You're not going to get a positive from that. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I. You got to be able to come up with something better than that, Bob. I'm just waiting for Frank to come up with a witty one-liner here. No, I'm just thinking, as a groomer, what does he do? Watch something about Mary or something like that before he grooms the horses? I mean, <laughs> what's he using to wash them down with? I mean, that's just that's just wrong on every level out there. Baffert also went on to say that he thinks it might have something to do with the cancel culture we live in today because people are making a lot of noise about different things out there. I thought I read and heard someplace, too, that doesn't Baffert, this is like the fifth time this year that he's had a problem with horses and these drugs? Since 2020, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bob's had, you know, had some issues and, you know, so now he's crying foul that, you know, they're they're crucifying him for, you know, past infractions and well, you know what, there's a solution to that. Don't have past infractions and you don't have to be uh, you know, guilty as charged. I mean, obviously, you know, it's you know, whenever police are investigating somebody, if somebody has a rap sheet and has, you know, uh, you know, domestic violence on there or, you know, uh, writing bad checks, whatever it might be, and they're investigating something concerning that same topic, yeah, that person's going to be a suspect, and you're going to presume that that person's guilty because of their past. And, you know, Bob has painted this, and it's sad that it is um, on the biggest stage. And, there's, and like I said, it creates ramifications because – Another decision that had to be made, and Brad Cox already said he's not sending Mandaloon, if Medina Spirit is indeed disqualified from the Kentucky Derby, that makes Mandaloon the winner. Mandaloon, Brad Cox said after the Derby that he was skipping the Preakness. Now you would have a horse that had a shot for the Triple Crown if he is deemed the winner by disqualification, and he's not going to the Preakness. And unless Brad Cox makes a last-minute, you know, change of mind and goes, they push the draw date back a day 
uh, so everybody could figure out what they're going to do. But, you know, there's ramifications all the way down the line. No doubt. Marco D'Angelo joins us and talking about this uh, breaking news over the weekend, a Medina Spirits victory in the Derby in Jeopardy due to a failed post-race drug test. And I want to get back to uh, Mandaloon here in a minute, but let's finish up here on Bob Baffert. I mean, this is a guy, like Frank mentioned, five times since May of 2020, he has had horses tested positive. If you go back, I believe he has 29 horses. Marco, talk to me about Bob Baffert. People talk about a great trainer. We talk about uh, him being a Hall of Famer. What's this guy like here? And, again, in the horse racing industries with owners and stuff, I mean, how is this guy viewed? Well, Here's the problem and why this makes it so complicated involving a Bob Baffert. If this would have been a no-name trainer and would have had this many offenses, um, the guy would have been out of racing, okay? Um, They would have made an example of him and sent him out. There was a guy um, last year that was banned uh, from uh, Santa Anita and Del Mar, uh, Jerry Hollendorfer, um, you know, they made an example out of him and uh, because he's not the name brand Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert, for everything that is going on bad right now with Bob Baffert, he has been the complete opposite as far as a PR guy for the sport of racing because, you know, he was a very likable guy. He's charismatic. He does all of the interviews. He, you know, promotes the sport very well. So if one of your big guns, you know, has a problem, you're a little bit slower, I hate to say it, but of, you know, reprimanding him because it is such a big black eye for the sport. And that's why, you know, maybe he's gotten, you know, a slap on the wrist where somebody else would have been suspended for 45 days instead of, you know, a a small fine and, you know, purse read, you know, distribution you know on an overnight uh race a, a normal race if this happens and you get a positive and they you know resend the, the purse structure out you know your horse is disqualified that's not a big deal here we're talking about a three million dollar purse which the winning share is over 1.8 million dollars um that guy has already been paid now he's got to return that money and you know and see and wait for the decision from uh, the Kentucky Racing Association. And it, it's a nightmare. Uh, and if one of your big guns goes down, uh, you're going to have everybody crying, you know, that this is a sport, you know, that needs cleaned up. It does. There's no question about it. But when your top, most visible guy is the guy that's, you know, giving you the black eye, you're in trouble as a sport. And believe me, as a guy that's heavily invested in this sport, it concerns me. Well, and, and, you know, you mentioned Hollendorfer maybe not being Bob Baffert, but certainly well-known on the West Coast. So, you know, he was a named trainer, certainly, that if you go to the track out here, Santa Anita, Del Mar, all those racetracks, you know him pretty well. But with Baffert, the one thing uh, I had also heard and read that, you know, that it looks like he's been suspended from Churchill Downs. Does that really affect him? Because when you have the stables he have and you run horses all over the country, okay, if I can't run there, don't you just move your barn to Oak Lawn or some other park or something like that? Is that is that one of those fines or suspensions to just look good on paper that really doesn't even mean that much to him necessarily? At this point of the season, 
you're correct. It, it, it's not a big deal affecting him. Um, where it would affect is if when Churchill had a big stake race that he had a horse that would have been eligible to and now can't race there, that's where it would affect him. But the trickle-down effect is this puts, like I said, Pimlico's in a bad spot. What do you do? Do you follow suit and not accept the entry of Medina Spirit and risk Baffert, as he has done so many times, win in appeal, and then open yourself up to the owners of Medina Spirit, come back and sue you uh, for you know wrongful decision there, preventing your horse a chance at the Triple Crown. It is a tough position for Pimlico. That's who I feel the worst for right now, is what does Pimlico do? Because whatever they do, they're going to get people from both sides screaming. If they let the horse race, they're saying you're letting a crook race. If you don't let him race and then he wins, now you're looking at a possible major lawsuit. So it's not a position that I would want to be in being the governing body of Pimlico. So the statement from Churchill Downs officials here it read like this. Uh, to be clear, if the findings are upheld, Medina Spirit's results in the Kentucky Derby will be invalidated and Mandaloon will be declared the winner. You mentioned, Marco, that Mandaloon was not going to race in, in the Preakness. At this point in time, if everything is pointing to that, that, that uh, Medina Spirit could be taken down here, don't you have to do everything you can if you're Mandaloon's uh, trainers and owners and, and handlers of getting that horse to the Preakness? Because like you said, he could be a live shot to win the Triple Crown. He could, but here's where the problem is, and I can't speak for what they've been doing with Mandaloon. If I was on the Kentucky Derby Trail, and you, you raced all those hard races leading up to it, and the Derby was over, and you made the decision not to go to the Preakness, and remember, the Preakness is the shortest turnaround. It's just two weeks in between races. If I wasn't going to that race, and we were pointing to something later in the season, um, where the horse had plenty of time. What I would have done, the horse would have stood on Sunday. My trainer would have lightly jogged the horse on Monday just to make sure the horse came out of the race fine, no ailments, and then we would have turned the horse out for a week uh, or two weeks to freshen up and then bring the horse back into training. If that horse was turned out all week and not being trained, jogged, Getting him ready in a week would be tough uh, to go what he would have to do. Um, and this would not have come to light until the rumblings came out late Saturday night that there was rumors and it was officially announced Sunday morning. So now you've got six days to get a horse ready for a big race. That's asking a lot. So let me ask you this. I mean, this is, I think, again, for the people who don't follow horse racing or just hearing this news, I mean, the 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 race – we're getting this result back from a, a positive test. Uh, when do they take the test? I mean, the Derby was a week ago Saturday. I imagine it was post-race, right? Why did it take so long to get these results a full seven days? That's a good question, TC. What they do is, at least I can tell you the places that I, you know, where are the tracks I race at, they take the sample. There's usually two samples blood sample and a urine sample, they will split those so 
that if there is something on the first test, they still have uh, another sample to do the appeal with. They send it off to a lab that does these results. Now, again, I don't know how busy that lab is, and don't forget that you have races every single day, so you've got multiple races, multiple horses that got tested. Uh, they can pull blood on any horse they want in a race, even a horse that didn't hit the board. If they thought possibly there was something uh, given to a horse to make a horse not perform well, they can even test the horse. But here is the thing about testing, and it's why I made the statement at the beginning about two drugs that are very similar in their makeup. When they do a blood test, the uh, people think, oh, they do a blood test, it's one test, and it finds what's ever in the blood. That is completely false. The only thing they can find in the blood is if they are looking specifically for that drug. The blood test will only confirm that that drug is in the blood. So they have to know what they're looking for. They can't check for a thousand different drugs that possibly could be used. And that's where the problem's at is the barns that are so-called, you know, got the reputation of being, you know, chemical trainers. Um, they're staying on top of this stuff. There's new stuff. There's synthetic stuff. There's different things. And if they're not testing for that precise drug, they're not going to find it. They might find something cloudy in the sample, and then they'll do a second test trying to pinpoint it. But that's why it takes the time that it takes. And that's, again, going back to the first thing he said. He was so completely adamant about that the horse did not get and has never had betamethasone. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you it's had dexamethasone. Well, and it's interesting, too, because it almost sounds, sounds like horse racing's version of Belco and the steroid issues and everything that baseball went through a long time ago, that one's always trying to stay uh, one step ahead of the other one for the new test coming down the line and everything else. But you mentioned the fact that there's two samples taken. In a race as big as the Kentucky Derby, and I know you said there's races every day, if they have both samples there and the first one came up like this, why wouldn't they just immediately test the second one right away instead of leaving this even open-door possibility of, well, yeah, we're going to say this one's positive, and then we know Baffert's going to want to test the second one. Why wouldn't they just get, get that done right away so that you, you could take a little bit of suspicion away and say, look, both samples are dirty, so he's guilty, or the second one came back clean, so it's you know we can't really determine it? It's for the supposed integrity of the system. Baffert has to request the appeal and that sample be the second sample be used you know that you know again if they do it on their own then you get the conspiracy theorists that somebody is tainting the product um that's why and a lot of times the second sample might even be done uh by a different lab at some point they you know it, it gets into the legal battle and we're talking about this will be the first time that we're dealing with a Kentucky Derby at stake. Now, we had a disqualification in the Kentucky Derby a couple of years ago, but that was for something totally different. That was for race interference. And, you know, they battled a long time, you know, in the outfit that got put down was battling trying to be reinstated. They lost all of their appeals. This is going to be the same type of situation, only it's going to be for drugs instead of, you know, race interference. 
All right, Marco. Great stuff as always, my friend. Uh, always uh, something to talk about here. Uh, you know, during the course of the Triple Crown, we didn't expect to to be talking about this, but definitely a story. We'll be watching in the next couple of days and see what happens if uh, Medina Spirits' victory uh, over Mandaloon in the Kentucky Derby gets, uh, you know, invalidated, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, as we move forward here. Preakness. Coming up here a week from Saturday. And a potentially really bad beat if you had Mandaloon to win the damn thing or in some exotics or Tell something. Tell me about it. And, and that's another bad thing, right? I mean, we're going to talk to, to Matt Holt about that here in, in, in a couple minutes from, from the betting side. But, wow, I mean, you got, you got to feel bad about that. And yes, that, that's, uh, that's a bad beat that doesn't get corrected with the, the, re, uh, the restructuring. <laughs> does not get corrected, exactly. All right, brother. Uh, appreciate you as always. Uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. All right. See you guys. Appreciate it. Marco D'Angelo, our horse racing guru, and uh, does a fantastic job at Wager Talk as well, too, covering all sports. Go to wagertalk.com and check out uh, Marco D'Angelo. And again, we love having him on him and Double B uh, regarding anything uh, horse racing. So, yeah, S- crazy it, story. I, I always hate stories like this because I'm a big horse racing fan. And anything that gives the sport a black eye, it's just not because there's so much suspicion in a lot of people's yeah. mind, whether right or wrong, already about it. And then when you have somebody of Bob Baffert's ilk and his knowledge and other horses all across the country, and that it, it's just it's just not a good look for the industry. Right, not a good look uh, at all. Speaking of not a good look, uh, give you some breaking news. And uh, you and I were just talking about this, uh, you, know, you know, during the break. Uh, Las Vegas Aces Angel McCautry has sustained a a serious injury in the exhibition game against uh, the Sparks. You know there was no television coverage, no coverage uh, at all. I saw some team highlights that they that they sent from the first half, and I know that uh, so we didn't see any of this video at all. But um, uh, she got injured two minutes into the game, and where she had to leave, and she sustained a right ACL injury. She will be out for the remainder of the year. A uh, very crushing blow to the Las Vegas Aces. Angel McCautry uh, released this statement just a little while ago. She said, uh, "During this is her words here. During the last game, I had an accident on the court, eerie similar to what happened to me the first time. And when she's referring to the first time, when she was with the Atlanta Dream, they were playing the Aces two seasons ago. It was towards the end of the season. And against the Aces, she sustained the same injury. And then this exact same thing happened again in the opening minutes of this exhibition game against the Sparks on Saturday. She goes, the, uh, my results came back as a torn ACL, torn meniscus. I was heartbroken again. Initially, every negative thought came to my head. Then I realized this game has been such a blessing to me, and so has God. I will conquer the challenge even better than last time. I will recover and fight my way back to the court. I still have tons of basketball to play. God has always delivered for me. It's not over yet. Thank you to all my amazing teammates, the Las Vegas Aces organization, for being so supportive. Let's go, Aces. That's Angel McCautry, the Las Vegas Aces, who will be out for the season. And again, um, just coming down with a rebound two minutes into this game, just, again, one of these unfortunate injuries. And every time we, we see these things and talk about these things, I mean, we saw with Kevin Durant, with Clay Thompson, um, you know, Angel McCautry twice now. These are just devastating injuries that usually happen on just normal things. 
that well, take place in a game. And, and that's the crazy thing about it. Just like how many times in football do we see the guy that, you know, the non-contact injury or something like that and you tear something or, you know, it's sometimes the biggest hits and those kind of things don't do anything. But, you know, it also shows how fragile, as incredible as the human body is and how it's put together in that, you know, you land a little bit wrong here or there and it's not even necessarily landed on somebody else's foot or ankle that you get twisted. You just land wrong sometimes and a lot of things can go wrong. It's actually kind of almost strange in a good way that it doesn't happen more often because when you do see it happen you're like well that didn't look that bad it doesn't have to look that bad for it to be that bad right so uh yeah thoughts and prayers going with angel mccautry and uh, just uh, a fantastic lady a lot of um, people here in vegas haven't got a chance to to see her or meet her and you know we talked to her a couple times last year when they were in florida because that was her first season with the aces and she was just really dying to to play in front of the home crowd here um, at the Mandalay Bay, and I know fans really were looking forward to seeing her up close and personal because she's just one of the league veterans uh, and a fantastic player. And now you'll you'll see her at the Mandalay Bay, but she, you know she'll uh, she'll be on the sidelines uh, rooting the team on. So unfortunate. All right, we come back. Matthew Holt will join us. So uh, we'll get Matt's take regarding this story in the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirits' victory in jeopardy now from a, a betting standpoint because we know that a lot of people would love to be able to cash tickets uh, if Mandaloon, who finished second in the Kentucky Derby, was pushed up. But that is not the case. But we'll get all those details from Matt and a whole lot more coming your way. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't forget, get involved in the William Hill mobile app. So easy to use and so easy to download. That's where it all starts for you. Download the mobile app and then make a deposit of at least $50 into a brand new account. Use the promo code TC50. Take advantage of that $53 in your account. They'll match it with an additional $50. Take advantage and use it. Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs all coming your way the william hill mobile app use that promo code tc50 and also speaking of promo codes get involved at rvdcbd.com go to rob van dam's website for all of your cannabis needs yes whether it's the uh creams the tinctures the smokables edibles it's all there for you but yes uh, whether it's joint pain relax relaxation mode whatever it takes rvdcbd.com use the promo code tcrvd for a 21 percent discount off of anything on the website that's tcrvd go to the website at rvdcbd.com it's a lot of initials there yeah plus i found that interesting the way that you said cbd and then you emphasize joint yes. pain right after I, it so because <laughs> you that were, was not because you oh, were rolling bro, in your promo. Hate it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Let it up. It's funny how you point out things that you think that I I did and actually didn't do. No, that. no, I didn't but say you funny. did. I said no, subliminally. I so, so to exactly. me, subliminally, yes. it was. And it was. No, yeah. I noticed it. Yeah, that weird. Because my mind works different. Yeah. <laughs> I hear things. A lot of the. I didn't think are, I did, but now when I replay it back in my mind. No, no, I you did, said yeah. joint. You definitely said joint. No, with I know emphasis. I said it, but I didn't know I emphasized it. Oh, no, I you did. did. Yeah. yeah. No, you did. Yeah. I'm not saying it was my a bad thing. My mind doesn't work like that. I'm just, yeah, my, my mind does. Would it surprise you if I told you I've never smoked a joint? Never had a joint in my life? Not really. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me necessarily. Really? Because people, people, fi- people find that uh, very odd. 
My my brother John never. Has, my brother John never. has never done anything like yeah, that never. whatsoever. Yeah. When so. when it was so fashionable and when all my friends did it and everything and, and today it's I mean again, you know, being around R V D all the time. No, just no. always said no, oh, never some, did it. Some of my old friends back in Illinois and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I was in cars with so many roach clips in that under the seats and that kind of right. stuff. I yeah. I was always wondering when we were gonna just ignite and yeah. catch on fire. See, for me, it was one of those things where it was the athlete in me that I was just so concerned about my body and what I put in when I was a young kid like that. And even though I had people around me doing it, I always just said no because I just viewed it as that. And I just, after a while, just, yeah, yeah that's it. You said no to it like it was a cowboy inviting you to dinner or something, yeah. huh? It's <laughs> exactly what I did. <laughs> exactly. The, there's a story there. And I know you're digging because you want me to tell the story because I talked to you off air about I, I it. I just threw out an innocent little yeah. analogy. Yeah. A cow. <laughs> Uh, Matt's, Matt's on the line here. I'm sure Matt doesn't want to hear that story. Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity. What's going on, my man? Man, I don't know. What's going What's going on with you guys? <laughs> okay, no, Nothing uh, with me. I wasn't there. Okay, fine. I'll tell the story. So here we go, Matt. So I go out, uh, and I want to watch the Canelo fight uh, on, on Saturday night, right? So I go to one of our favorite establishments, uh, especially Frank's favorite establishment, to go watch the fight. And uh, as I'm... Uh, uh, rolling out of the establishment, this guy comes up to me. He's about, I'm guessing he's in his 70s, I'm thinking. And maybe he wasn't that old. He just had a lot of wear and tear on him because, you know, smoking cigarettes and this and that. The guy weighed like about 150 pounds. He had this cowboy hat on. Life of a rancher can be tough. Life of a rancher. <laughs> he looked like a rancher. So I called him the cowboy. And he had the boots. He had the whole getup on. Didn't smell too good. And he comes up to me, Matt, and he says... Come have dinner with me. Come on inside and have dinner with me. <laughs> and I just looked at him and go, well, go head on, cowboy. And then he starts going to this dissertation about having invested some money or something in Las Vegas or whatever. And this guy was definitely either high as a kite or he was just, uh, he's looped up. I don't know what the story was. And then he starts to reach out to me and says, come on. Have dinner with me, please. He said he put his arm around you. Put his arm around <laughs> me. And wanted to lead me into the establishment to buy me dinner. And at that point in time, I just looked at him and said, go have a good time, cowboy. And uh, off I went. And off he went to the wild blue yonder. Here we go, Matt. There's your story. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now, Frank thinks I should have, you know. I should have went for the free dinner. No, no I don't. No. I, you you never heard me say that. Do not put words in my mouth. I did not tell you to cowboy up. <laughs> now, Numbshuck thought like I should have just rolled the guy. So, you know, there you go. Anyway, uh, there's you, your cowboy you, story. You should have done a shot of Medina Spirit with him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I got. I, I got to admit, I was tempted. I mean, anybody says free meal when we and I was hungry because I haven't eaten the, at that point in time. So I was I was rather hungry. So I I thought about it, but I said, Nah, I don't know what could happen here. Could go south. You you were looking forward to a potential meal, but were afraid of the dessert. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, Matt. Let's get to some, let's get to some uh, some counter talk here, man. So obviously we've been talking about the story with Medina Spirits' uh, victory in the Derby in Jeopardy. 
a failed post-race uh, drug test. Uh, just talked to Marco D'Angelo uh, uh, about this. You know, from the betting side, man, we know there is no recourse to these type of things because people that had tickets on Mandaloon, I mean, they're saying, wow, wait a minute. You know, we could be declared a winner, and we'll find out here in the next day or two that you know Churchill Downs, they could be reversing this and making Mandaloon the winner. But from a betting standpoint, especially in a sport that really is all centered around betting, it doesn't do you any good if you have a ticket on Mandaloon. No, and, and look, horse racing, they just can't get out of their own way. There's, I mean, the sport is so corrupt. And at the end of the day, I don't really think anything's going to happen here. I mean, Bob Baffert's had, what, four horses test positive after grade one wins this year, including an Arkansas Derby winner. Uh, and he gets out of all of them, tainted, you know, contaminated to samples, whatever it is. He's never really got anything except small fines for this. Um, and I don't really expect anything here. I just think at the end of the day, horse racing, uh, we talked about the aging crowd. We talked about it doesn't attract young people. It's always how it had a cloud and history of, of corruption around it. And I think it's just some of that corruption starting to come to light. Okay, but if the horse tested positive, which they said for an excessive amount of the steroid, then why okay we have inquiries in in horse racing you know down the stretch the bumping you know ill will whatever happens you know with the jockeys and everything and they get taken down okay if the test does come back positive why why can't you just say okay that, that's it and especially i think you have to take in the consideration of the history here and i understand baffert is a big name in this he's a hall of famer but like you said repeated offender over and over if anyone is ever going to take this sport seriously again don't you have to kind of make a statement but again it it is a positive test why is it so difficult at the end of the day, I don't think changing the winner of this race does anything because they already handed out the purse money. The betters all handed in their winning and losing tickets, and the betting part will be irrespective. To your point, if you, depending on what horse you bet on, you already won or lost. If, if horse racing actually wanted to make a statement, and they won't, think of other sports like MMA where – you pop positive, it's a one-year ban your first time. Or Major League Baseball, where you get a 50-game or 60-game suspension first time. There, This is like his 10th time. It's his fifth time in a grade one race alone this year. At some point, horse racing has to take a stance beyond, come on, Bob, quit juicing all the horses and really suspend this guy for a meaningful amount of time, like all the way through next year's Kentucky Derby, or how are they ever going to be taken serious as a sport? Well, and also, you have to wonder, too, it's like, what kind of message does this send to the other trainers and that sort of stuff out there? It's like, do I have to start doing this, too, to try to compete with Baffert horses? It's been nonstop, Frank, since, the, since as long as I can remember in horse racing, whether it was juicing horses, sponging horses, where they put the dry sponges up their nose and then the horse saliva causes it to expand and the horses fade down the stretch, or the jockeys using tasers. It wasn't that long ago in a Kentucky Derby we had a, a taser scandal. I mean, the sport has just been so utterly filled with corruption, and yet there are no authoritative bodies here taking any real action to clean it up. And what the newer generation says, 
Valdez is, no thanks. Oh, I mean, they have no interest in a sport where it's inhumane to the animals, where the trainers and the jockeys are corrupt. The sport is full of corruption. And oh, by the yeah, and oh by the way, it has the biggest takeout in gambling. Oh, and we're going to take out 25 to 28 percent younger, smarter, more astute gamblers. Say no thanks to horse racing. And speaking of which, we talked about this for with our Kentucky Derby preview about the the problems with paramutual and all that sort of thing. What's an update on on, on that, Matt? And uh, from a betting perspective here. Look, I mean, there is a, a law called the Interstate Horse Racing Act, and it, and depending on your interpretation of it, it basically prohibits fixed odds horse racing. Now, Australia is a perfect example of a, a country that had a huge horse racing marketplace that dwindled even further down to the bottom than America's has right now, although America's is getting there rapidly. And then Fixed Odds was able to resuscitate that Australian horse racing scene from from basically rock bottom, and now it's flourishing, doing much better. You know, they, they, they don't have the corruption they used to have. The paramutual system is gone, and the bookmakers book at Fixed Odds, and it's all great and regulated for a change. So I could tell you that almost every single operator in the country here at one point or another over the last 24 months has applied or tried to get fixed odds horse racing approved in many of these states so it would be regulated by the authorities. And other than Nevada and in-state New Jersey races only, um, they have completely failed across the entire country. The horsemen's associations and the racing associations on the across the country hold so much power, um, and 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 they don't care. They've they've turned a blind eye to corruption for over a hundred years. They've taken for granted their audience. They haven't refined their product to meet the newer or younger audience. I just don't see if things don't change. I don't see how horse racing exists in ten years. When it comes to the upcoming Preakness this coming Saturday, what do they do? Do they let Baffert run both his horses? Do they hope everything's settled by then? I mean, what course of action do they have? Because if they tell him that he can't run and then he beats the test again, then they're leaving themselves open. Don't you pretty much assume that the Baffert horses will be in the Preakness? I guess at this point, if they want to make a stand, and again, it's not just that his derby winner, Medina Spirit, tested positive. Four grade one winners this year alone, this year is only four and a half months old, have tested positive. If you want to make a stance, if you want to show the people betting, and let's face it, those people betting horses are getting older and older by the second, but if you even want to assure them that this sport has any ounce of integrity left, you have to take a stand and not let this horse run in the Preakness and not let any Baffert horse run in the Preakness. Matthew Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity. All right, Matt, let's talk a little hockey here. A huge game tonight, Golden Knights and the Avalanche at the Fortress. This game is a virtually a pick Don't see too many of those um, at uh, T-Mobile Arena where the Golden Knights may be a slight favorite uh, in this game. They've been on fire. And, again, huge game uh, for both teams. Yeah, this is awesome. These two teams have been so fun to watch. 
I mean, in a season where it, it, it's easy to see why fans have got a little tired, while the num- why the numbers are down lately in hockey with the same teams playing each other over and over and over and over again all season long, you get sick of seeing it. I could watch these two teams play hockey every single night. I love the games between the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. I pray that they get to play each other again in the playoffs with everything on the line. I couldn't be more excited. I can't wait to get home, watch this game tonight. You're right. This is a big game. Uh, Vegas holds a four-point lead in the standings right now, and basically a win tonight secures Vegas the number one seed, so a lot on the line for the Golden Knights. We do not want to be the number two seed here. We want to have the number one seed, Uh, but, boy, these two teams are fun. All right. uh, From a betting standpoint here, uh, good two-way action. What What are you seeing? Yeah, and you know what? We got some good news earlier as Nathan McKinnon is going to play tonight. That was questionable earlier. They did announce that McKinnon is probable, and we saw that boost. We saw that bump that that news had for the Colorado Avalanche. And it's funny because the Knights are so well-respected here in Vegas. Um but fans, but better is going to the betting window. Every single bookmaker in Vegas will tell you, oh, my futures books are all upside down to Vegas. But I'll tell you what I'm seeing across the board here across Vegas t- tonight. People are going to the window betting the Colorado Avalanche tonight here in Las Vegas. Well, and for Colorado, it's a big game, too, because Minnesota could still have home ice advantage against them in that first round. So they do want to win this. What's your feeling on who gets the, who gets the net tonight? You know, that's a good question. It feels like it's probably going to be Flurry. They still haven't announced it yet. Um, you know, I, I just don't – yeah, I think it's going to be Flurry tonight, really. And I'm thinking that he's going to stick with his rotation because you're going to have all kinds of questions and it'll be a media circus. And it's a good thing the media is not allowed in the, in the locker room at this point in time, even though it can be treacherous with the Zooms and going to have to be second-guessed all the time because you can make that – uh, you move once the regular season's over and say, okay, Mark Andre Fleury is going to be our guy. But again, it just just it's, it just opens up a can of worms, and then also questions the relationship with, with Leonard and everything here. I don't know. I, we're all on the same page. Fleury has been the best goaltender for the Vegas Gold Knights. We all know that. But uh, you know, Peter DeBoer, it, it's going to be interesting. People are going to make a bigger story out of this than maybe the outcome tonight. If if Fleury starts. Who knows in the playoffs who he'll pick from a game-to-game basis. Every time you think you have it figured out, DeBoer throws us a curveball. Well, all I know is if it's not Fleury, if he hasn't done enough this year to get the start, look for some more uh, potential posts from Mr. Walsh. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, we appreciate you, brother. Be good, man, and uh, good luck uh, on your your old-school fantasy baseball team, man. You're, you're, You're rolling this week. All right, appreciate it, brother. Stay away from Cowboys. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Never been a Cowboy fan. D- don't like him in Dallas, and, uh, you know, that's it. The only Cowboys I liked was Blazing Saddles. That was it. Yeah. You my- never said, how about them Cowboys? No. Nope. <laughs> I definitely didn't do that Saturday night. Like, <laughs> you didn't save a horse? I didn't save a horse. <laughs> no. I was got far away from that horse as I could, man. Man, that guy reeked, too, man. Phew. I don't know what's going on there. I gotta start hanging. I, I gotta quit hanging out these establishments where you hang out. You know, uh, that, that that place is not known for that type of activity <laughs> whatsoever. So do not put it on the uh, 
<laughs> the facility. <laughs> it is known for the exact opposite. <laughs> That's why you hang out there. I got it. Good stuff, man. Besides, you don't need somebody to buy the dinner. You you had filet the other day. I did. Last you made time. it. I made it. You actually Cooked grilled yourself. Yeah. And like, all right, Mother's Day, one day a year, I'll make you dinner. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And my daughter, she got all the groceries, Instacart star, and oh, yeah, good fillets. Good stuff. I want to thank BJ Armstrong for joining us today, Matthew Holt, Marco D'Angelo. Frank and I will be checking out the game tonight, the Knights and the Avalanche. So I'll see you at the Fortress, my friend. Maybe they should have named him Moderna Spirit. <laughs> then they wouldn't have minded that he got a shot. Ouch. TCMartinShow.com.